How's it going, Max? It's going pretty well, man. I want to welcome you to the show. We have the one and only Alex Morsenudo coming all the way out of Connecticut here. One of the top hey. filmmakers up and coming in the business, putting on for the 203. Yeah, man. You What's know. going on, man? Welcome to the show, Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, i 365 iHeartRadio, man. It's an honor to have you here today. I was reading all about your article, checked out Operation Cavity and everything that you got going. Congratulations on everything that you achieved, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time coming. I've been doing this for 10 years, and, you know, I'm happy to see any kind of result out of it, you know, whether it be press or accolades or awards or just, you know, people like yourself reaching out saying, you know, I saw the film. You know, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have some crazy stories because I know you wrote it in relation to what you were going through with the dentist when you were younger. So I've had my own experiences. (laughs) So when I saw that and the the dentist was pulling the teeth there, it it, it was really relatable from that point and terrifying. When you really when you see it from the outside looking in, it, it is actually a terrifying experience when you're getting your teeth pulled. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I was trying to look for um, some similarities with other films that I like and like Mission Impossible or like James Bond torture scenes came to mind. So I was trying to evoke a lot of, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, if you think about it, it is kind of like a little torture scene. You know, there's a person who doesn't want, you know, whatever's done to them being done. And um, people do it every day. <laughs> like a saw trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But where was this dentist? Was this dentist in Norwalk that you grew up and had the experience with? Um, so, I mean, the real life dentist uh, was it's a mixture of um, a dentist and orthodontist character okay. in, in my own personal life. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of my problem. You know, I uh, had cavities growing up as a kid I'd chew on, you know, everything <laughs> metal like a psycho and I had black teeth and, you know, I had to have the get the teeth removed because I had a freaking jaw full of black teeth. And, um, you know, those were the baby teeth. Those got pulled out. And then as in, you know, teenager, when I had braces, they did this thing where they just shaved down your teeth to look flat after braces. And um, that was quite traumatic for me. So I can imagine. But, man, I've been reading all about this. This is a step forward here. It's been getting great reviews. So how do you feel about the feedback from it so far? Yeah, the feedback's great. Um you know, especially on the platform Amaletto, you know, there's tons of comments on it. And it's cool to see, you know, what people engage with, you know, what they like, what they don't like, you know, because uh, there's definitely negative comments out there, too. But, um, you know, any any kind of opportunity I get to just put the work out there and hopefully invite, you know, some bigger producer to want to collaborate with me, extend this the film into a series or something like that. Um, I'm welcome to it and, you know, just happy to get eyeballs on it. Now, how does it feel to dive into sort of with this and other interests that I've read about into the horror genre? Because I know growing up, you were always heavy into sports and comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, great question. Um, you know, sports came easy to me. I played sports in high school. Baseball. Baseball, yep. And um, also played football. And, you know, to this day, I love watching sports, love watching football and baseball and all that. And so it came easy to me when it came to making stuff like that. And uh, coincidentally, I fell into this kind of comedic commercial world where, you know, my day-to-day job is making comedic commercials and writing comedic commercials. Um, So as a filmmaker, creating films in the comedy realm kind of just made sense. You know, it was easy to say to people, hey, look what I just did for that 30-second commercial. Let me do it for a movie. You know, give me some money. Um, But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've wanted to kind of explore darker themes 
And, um, you know, at the end of the day, horror films sell well, you know, um, if you look at kind of box office stuff and I want to make a movie that performs well so that I can keep doing this for, you know, a career. Now, say if someday here, because you're working towards success here already, being named 40 under 40 here, the top influencers up and coming in Connecticut, congrats on that. We need more people out here putting us on the map. <laughs> but say if you were able to become a part of one of those classic franchises, you got the Halloweens out right now, which one would you love to direct and bring your own vision to and feel as though you could really take it back? Because some of these directors get a hold of some of these franchises and they say that they have all this passion for it and that they're going to take it, bring it back to the roots. And then once you go to the theaters, you're like, what the hell happened? So what's a, what's a franchise that you would love to take in your own right and you think that would do justice? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I honestly hate reboots. so I agree. It's tough, you know. Um, I'd love to be part of the Alien franchise. Okay. I don't know if you've, if you've seen any of those movies, but uh, you know that sci-fi horror Ridley Scott so, era, exactly. Yeah, and um, you know, I think it's so cool because you're playing with stuff that potentially could exist, you know, in the outer space and universe, whatever. Um, and it's just, I, I just love, I love, I love that franchise. So I'd, I'd easily throw my hat in the ring for that no, that would definitely be classic i know what was the most recent one alien covenant i think that was the most recent alien one right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean they're, they're, you know they're slipping a little bit but um <laughs> you know my holy grail is just alien you know the og um i love that especially and actually predator 2 is a, is a pretty awesome movie the first one actually prey the sequel you know, i heard about that that was pretty cool too I haven't checked that out because I'm so dedicated to the first one with Schwarzenegger. <laughs> out of loyalty. Yeah, no, d definitely. You know, you always got to give back to the originals out there. But you've been filmmaking such an early age and me doing my research from the even the YouTube craze with Numa Numa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've been, um, that's funny. Yeah. One of my first videos ever was the Numa Numa um, videos back in the YouTube boom. Uh, I'm embarrassed that you're able to find that. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was my first experience playing with a camera. Uh, I had my little brother in the video. Um, I always joke, like if, if we ever win like some huge award, you know, some Oscar one day, I'd be like, this is where it all started and just play this ridiculous video, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And um, I've been lucky enough to get paid to do what I love. And you know, it's it's been a, a great ride. Have you thought about jumping in front of the camera eventually here? Because I know you always wanted to be an actor since you were young. Yeah. So I've, uh, you know, I've dabbled with acting. Um, I recently acted in something um, in September. What month are we in? October. Yeah. Early September. I did a small role for uh, a friend of mine's film. And uh, this past summer I did another film. So, you know, I love acting. I'd love to do it. It's just so competitive that, um, you know, I don't know. It's tough. You know, if someone's paying you to, to, to do it, God bless. But uh, I found it very difficult for me. And, you know, you only have so many hours in the day. So you're either going to spend it auditioning and memorizing lines for a part you may not get or um, making that money. You know, <laughs> Good point. But no, you're out, you're out here becoming a, a master in your own right here and filmmaking here on the way up for sure. Just me doing my research on you. But playing baseball when you were younger, you were looking to get a scholarship and all of a sudden you go to NYU Tisch of the Arts and that's where you really hone your craft. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, out of college, 
I really wanted to play football actually, but the schools that were interested in me just weren't really aligning with my like academic goals. So I decided to play baseball. Uh, I went to a school, SUNY Purchase in Westchester for a year, played baseball for them. And I was fortunate enough to have high enough grades to transfer anywhere I want to after a year. So I was like, all right, let's go to NYU. Let's forget the baseball stuff. Let's just focus on career. And um, yeah, double majored in journalism and film production and kind of been running with that ever since. I'm curious to hear because I was looking online. You have some old videos there. You you were in my lane. You were out here interviewing and you actually were interviewing some rappers. You were looking for top freestylers in, in Connecticut. So, man, what made you transition fully full time to the film world? Because you did major in journalism as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, one of my early uh, aspirations was to be a, an anchor, or Ryan Seacrest or whatever, someone on, in front of the camera. But, um, you know, I spent two years at ABC News in New York and um, right out of college, right out of college. And back then, even back then, being in news was just a grind and depressing. So, uh, you know, I found myself daydreaming about making movies and some commercials that I could make. And I just threw in the towel and said, I'm going to just commit to this and um, burn my ships. So I threw away kind of like a nice cushy job that probably would have paid a lot better. But. You know, we'll see. Time will tell. At the end of the day, you have to go with your passion. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. I don't regret it at all. I think it was an easy decision looking uh, back. And you're making noise. You're winning awards. I mean, how's it feel to win awards for your short films already? Yeah, no, it's great. You know, um, it's kind of a, a weird thing where I'm never satisfied. I think, you know, the next the next one's going to be better. The next one's going to be better. And hopefully that ends once I finally get an Oscar and I can be like, all right, you can just relax and enjoy everything. But, um, you know, it's, it's great to get validation, you know, with the hard work that we put in, you know, especially like Operation Cavity. We filmed that in 2019 and 2022, you know, it's three years of grinding, you know, shooting the film, editing, color correction, sound editing, mixing, all that stuff, doing the, the film festival circuit, going out to these film festivals, meeting people, all that stuff. It's exhausting. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to just get, you know, that nod of approval that people like what you do, you know? It's definitely relatable, as I told you before, and it all makes sense. I like how you wrap it right into the end with Bishop's baseball and you planted on the kid that knocked out his tooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always loved a good revenge tale. Um, going back to Gladiator, you know, by Ridley Scott. Um, love movies like that. So big Ridley Scott guy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, funny enough, Ridley came from commercials too. So I'm hoping that uh, I don't know, I'd be lucky enough to have a career like his. But that's that's definitely something I'm trying to kind of emulate. You're on your way for sure. I, I can tell that. During your time at NYU, did anyone such as Ridley Scott or any of the big timers come up for a lecture? I know sometimes you watch online, you see that colleges will invite some of the big time filmmakers out to give speeches to their film students. Yeah. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, not that I could think of, I may be forgetting someone, but you know, my professor, um, like my senior year was Susan Seidelman. She made desperately seeking Susan. She was a big, uh, woman filmmaker back in the day. And, um, that movie starred Madonna. So it made some, some noise back then. And, um, yeah, my keynote speaker was Glenn Mazzara, who uh, was one of the Walking Dead showrunners. 
So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we miss you know the cool Spike Lee lectures and you know <laughs> Steven Spielberg visits and all that stuff. But it happens, you know. No, and someday you'll be going back to give speeches. Yeah, you never know. Commercials. <laughs> <laughs> With these big time commercials you're getting, especially with David Ortiz, I know that was big for you. You're a Boston fan. I know you want to direct for Brady, hopefully. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd 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 do it for free. You know, <laughs> send me send me some TV twelve uh, commercial boards. I'm I'm there. I'd love that. Yeah, but no, working with Ortiz was amazing. You know, I've worked with a bunch of celebrities. Uh, you know, so far in my short career. And a uh, few have actually made me starstruck, like Big Poppy. You know, I go in the room, he's sitting down in the chair with like his agent and whatever, stands up, the dude's massive. And I'm looking at him like, oh my God, you're Big Fucking Poppy. He's, he's like, What's up, man? He shakes my hand and we had a blast. It was a good day in Boston. Crazy shooting schedule, but um, it was really cool. Can't lie. No, I, I could definitely tell that was something that right there hit right home for you especially being a Boston fan definitely off the bucket list Brady is next but these commercials come all the way out of college because you were linking up with journalists and people in the business program and your friends and you happen to make three commercials that would blow you up yeah that was um you know the, the first first thing I did and I was so fortunate to have these friends you know with this tech startup they wanted, they needed commercials to kind of sell what they were trying to sell to investors. And um, it, it really was, it was the beginning, you know, without those commercials, I don't think I'd be where I am today. It's just crazy. You know, in our world, in our filmmaking world, work gets work. So whatever you put out there, it's what you're going to attract. So I needed those commercials to get the next commercial, I need that next commercial to get the other one and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's, it's weird. It's a weird world. But- uh, in, in all forms of entertainment, too, it, it's relatable to journalism because it's all about building up your own brand and portfolio. So, because you, you, you're building yourself up, especially learning from your journalism major, you always had to build yourself up as far as interviews you conducted and and how you were going far in that lane. And now you can translate that into film. So it kind of all connects when you really look at it. Definitely, yeah. And you know, even to this day, there's ways to you know, mix what I've learned in journalism with filmmaking, you know, whether it be a documentary or some interview series for a client for commercials. Um, I think there's a way to mix it too. And I hope down the road, I could kind of pick up on that track and do some more journalism work. Some of it's even premiered on Fox sports. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great, a great project. Uh, that was with another local, local guy, DJ Morell former Buffalo Bills player. Um, yeah, I grew up with DJ and knew his story. So it was very easy for me to kind of translate it to it, bring it on screen. Um, but stuff like that, documentaries, you know, outlets love it because it's almost like news in a way, you know, with a little bit of Hollywood pajam, you know, some stuff that, you know, we recreated, but um yeah, yeah, I, I really like the documentary genre. Now tell me about how was it growing up in Norwalk when you were younger? And is it crazy to just 
now you're traveling the world. You you went to New York for college, of course, you made it out there, but now you're traveling the world and being successful. You just recently went on a trip to Europe here, but did, did you ever think that you were going to be able to make it out and just do all these insane things being from Norwalk? Yeah, good question. I mean, um, you know, my, my dad does a lot of international travel for his job. He does like international TV distribution. He works with satellites and all these complicated things. So from an early age, travel was kind of like uh, associated with work, you know, so it was something I kind of never really thought wasn't a possibility. Um, you know, I know some directors in New York that haven't really directed outside of the country or outside of the state. But, you know, whenever I get a job board that's maybe in another country or in Asia or whatever, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Send me out. So, you know, we filmed in Myanmar a couple of years ago and um, Norway, filmed in Dubai. Um, so it's been a it's been a ride, wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> but you were able to convince here in Norwalk to set up this film festival. It's the first film festival ever. And congrats to you on that, because as a creative from Connecticut, I know sometimes they don't spotlight the creators that are here, especially in the entertainment scene, because we think about it, you think Connecticut, oh, they care about their greenery. But tell me about actually getting this film set, festival set up and put together here. Definitely. Yeah. So um, so basically, uh, what year is it? 2017, I released this short film, High Glow Retro, and I was at this film festival with another Norwalk filmmaker, Marge Costa. And um, we're like, we know each other. You're from Norwalk. I'm from Norwalk. I went to school with your daughter. And um, the following year, she kind of she messaged me, said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this film festival. I'd love to get you involved. Um, what do you think? And me personally, you know, growing up, I, as you know, Norwalk didn't have that facility or, you know, that foundation for people to kind of meet at, you know, and grow as an artist, grow as a filmmaker and just collaborate with other people in the area. So when she brought to my attention, I was all in and, uh, you know, we've. I think we're yeah we're doing our third year now we had a year off and then we had COVID happen so it was a little weird but um I'm one of the co-founders with uh a few other people and it's been it's been an awesome experience you know just from our past two festivals the collaboration that's happened and the networking is just it's cool it's it's exactly what I wanted when I was a kid when I was growing up in Norwalk and you hit the nail right on the head there. And, and again, thank you for giving a voice to the voiceless out there as far as filmmakers. And because there's people out there, there's just no avenue of people to be like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. But that's why plenty of times when you hear these stories about people having to move out to make it, especially out of Connecticut. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it's you hear it all the time. You know, people move to L.A. or you know, move to New York and don't come back. And, you know, I've just... uh Figured, why not give it a try here? And if we fail, we fail. But I'd rather live that way versus regretting not trying. You know, that's Have just, you thought about relocating out of Connecticut? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. I have, you know, especially when I go to Europe and I'm like, oh, look how nice it is over here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but, uh, you know, eventually I think what I'm going to do is once I get this, I need to get a, a feature film made. That's that's my big goal right now because it's holding up a lot of my career aspirations. So I got to make this feature film. I'm going to make it while living in Norwalk. And then after I make that film, I could go any big city and use that film as a, you know, a piece to get the next film um, like LA or New York or something. 
Um, but my family's here in Norwalk, so I will, Norwalk will always be special to me, and I'll always come back and you know do my part with the film festival. Silvermine Productions. Start your own company here, representing where you're from. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's going to be the next Disney, I hope. <laughs> no, nah, it, it will. Keep speaking that into existence, man. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Now, now tell me, what type of director are you as far as when you're coaching your actors on set? Because working on Operation Cavity, I heard that that some of the child actors needed some help, and you helped them out with the lines and were able to give them a, a log line and having the parents play it for them while they were on the way to the set. So what type of director are you as far as when you're communicating with the, the talent on set? Yeah, so, I mean, it varies on the actor. You know, I've worked with non-actors. I've worked with child actors. I've worked with very good actors where I don't have to say anything. But for the child actors, you know, especially this script was really tricky because we had so much, uh, so much dialogue. And it's very easy to kind of just read the lines, you know, very, like, robotic in a way. So what I did was I did a line reading. And I read the scene, you know, with all the characters as I'm them almost. And I sent these uh, voice recordings to the parents so they could play it in the car, whatever. And the kids could help you know, memorize the lines that way. And it's not only for memorization, but also just cadence and speed, you know, just cause like, you know, just how we're talking right now, like ping pong, I say something, you say something, you know, that's how I want the dialogue to happen in the movie. Not, you know, I say something you think, and then you say something, you know, there, there's moments where that's great, where you have that beat. But um, for a lot of the stuff for the kids, we were doing that ping pong stuff. You made it easier for them. No, that, that's how you know that you're a good director because you were able to make it so easy for child actors as well. Because it, I've heard horror stories about people work, working with child actors, even like when Corey Feldman was a kid and he's on the set of Goonies and you hear these old stories and being on Friday the 13th, the final chapter. And they said he was he was basically a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah. You know, uh, Steven Spielberg said the three things you want to avoid in filmmaking. Filming in filming on water, filming with animals filming with children and he's done all three, but um, you know, filming with children is definitely a challenge and um, you know, takes a certain type of filmmaker to have that patience with them. But uh, it's, it's, it's rewarding. You know, they're the energy they bring on set is awesome. And learning about Connecticut, what was the most shocking news and learning about where a movie was filmed here? What movie were you shocked to know that you've, if you've done your research, which I'm, I'm sure you have, what, what shocked um, you that was filmed here? What shocked me? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, the, coincidentally, there was like this movie shot recently, like a year ago, Stephen King movie, um, like right down the street from my apartment. And like one day I wake up and there's just movie trucks everywhere. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on? And uh, they blocked off the street, which is a pretty busy street here. And, um, yeah, it was like the actor from it, I think his name's Jaden Martell. And, um, I was like, I was so, I was so pumped. I was like, oh, this is awesome for Norwalk. You know, we, we need more productions like this. Just, just to put the idea in people's heads that this is a career, this is an occupation and look at the hundreds of people working. You could be any one of those, you know? So I loved it. Um, I forget the name of it. It's, it's out now. Mr. Harrigan's phone. Is that it? Yep. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about that one. Yeah, so that was filmed here. You got a lot of things going on here, but you you've given back to Norwalk and even all throughout Connecticut. You did a video on the spirit of Bridgeport that I did tune into. So 
What are some other stories you're looking to highlight throughout Connecticut that may not have the biggest scope on it? Yeah. So, um, good question. What else in Connecticut? Um, you know, there's nothing I could, is there anything, uh, nothing I could speak about now, but you know, I'm always open to, um, Connecticut stories. You know, it's a small state. We don't always get the big media coverage and, um, you know, if there's an opportunity to help bring someone's story to life or bring it to the big, you know, big stage or whatever you call it. Um, I'm always open to that. I always love talking with people with ideas and script writers and whatever like that. Um, I like to think I'm very accessible to anyone who has an idea, you know, on my website, you'll see, let's make something, um, you know, cause coming up, I found it so difficult to reach out to anyone cause I just get a brick wall, you know, or no response on the email. So I try to do my part in being accessible you know, if someone has a question, you know, some career advice that they're seeking, I'm always like, I'm game, you know. What was the most important thing that you took away from your time at NYU? Because we always have these debates, at least when I interview people on my show, we always have debates, was college worth it? Because I know sometimes people's careers may not pan out out of college right away. So what is something that you can take away from college that did make your career worth it in filmmaking? Yeah, you know, the... It's it's interesting, you know, with NYU, they just throw you into the fire and you don't really get the academic experience like you probably do in most schools. You know, instead of, you know, going to these random classes that you may never, you know, use anything from for the rest of your life, you know, they throw you into the mix and you either in the journalism track, you're working either, you know, in a newspaper or magazine or online blog or you're helping run the TV station, you're on air doing the, you know, the news, whatever, reading from the teleprompter, um, you know, in the filmmaking track, you're in a studio with three cameras, directing actors or directing your crew, or you're out in the streets shooting with a camera kit. So like, it's a trade school in a way, depending on which school you're in. Um, but I think the most valuable part of NYU has been the relationships I've made with people who've gone on to do cool things. And, you know, if I look back at any thing I've gotten in a way has been connected to my time at NYU, whether it's, it be someone I went to school with that is now an agency producer somewhere else and um, or some entrepreneur, someone that from the business school that went on to be an entrepreneur and they're like, hey, I need a commercial. Um, it's all about the people you meet versus, you know, the actual courses, if that makes sense. All about the people you meet. And then when you do make these connections, making sure that you establish that connection for life because I know when you were doing some work in New Rochelle, you were asking the people who work the business, why do you like working in New Rochelle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, trying to apply that throughout and, you know, the New Rochelle videos were great because it was a campaign and we had a bunch of different things. We had live here, work here, grow here, and all these different topics that we asked people on the street in New Rochelle and tying it all together in a cool way. You know, that was, that was a fun project to work on. Chevrolet, Remo's Pizzeria. I mean, <laughs> you've been all over the place here. Definitely. Yeah. You know, from small startups to family restaurants to Fortune 500 companies, you know, I'd, I could work with anyone, and, you know, that has any kind of budget. You could also write too. I was reading you did some writing for a pilot. Yep. Yes. Um, you know, kind of, you know, as a filmmaker coming up, you almost need to write if you want to make stuff. You know, because it's very difficult to find a writer that you connect with and 
um, has a similar tone that you're going for and like, you know, and all that stuff. So yeah, I've been writing ever since I've been directing and um, I had a pilot called Beast of Suburbia that I submitted to Sundance and was a finalist in one of their episodic labs. And, you know, that was a cool project for me because I was mixing uh, sports with drama, you know, almost like a Friday Night Lights kind of thing. Um, so, you know, that's that's a project I have in the back burner. I'm hoping one day I could turn into a TV show. Um, it'd be really cool. This feature film that you're working on, is there any details that you want to let the your fans know and the people that are tuned in know about? Because I know people like to keep it secluded, but is there any details that you can reveal about what type of genre this is going to be in, how you're mapping it out, anything about the storyline? Is there anything that you can reveal? Yeah, um, you know, I'd probably I'd keep it simple just to mm-hmm. keep it close to the chest. But yeah, it's a Viking film that I'm trying to do in Norway. Um leaning in on the Norse mythology of the culture there and kind of where these stories came from. That's interesting. It'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be a good one. So I was just out there in Norway scouting out some locations, went to a few Viking villages and a bunch of different woods um, and a cool cave or a couple caves. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great project. No, it is, man. I can't wait to see what you got on the way. But Alex, is there anything else you want to let the audience know that we didn't cover here today, man? Uh, no, you know, it's just uh, it's awesome to chat with you and, you know, to connect and know that someone else from 203 is doing big moves. So uh, I feel yeah. honored to be on the show. I appreciate it, man. And I'm going to be sending you the link as soon as it drops, too. I'm going to get this out as soon as possible, get the editing right on there, and we'll get it going, man. Thank you for everything that you're doing for Connecticut, man. I'm keeping a look for creatives out here and what you're doing hell yeah likewise man keep awesome. going man and, and, and go buccaneer well, you, you know you're a patriot fan but do you root for the buccaneers because yeah, I, I saw a picture I of you with brady jersey on there yep yeah 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 i mean i followed brady and going to going to tampa bay game in a couple of weeks actually uh, who do they play um the rams they so play the rams cool. yep maybe yeah, brady mom, and bulls will take care brady. of company would you say oh yeah, yeah. i hope so yeah, so it's gonna be fun, you know. The yeah, Red Sox are... year. Yeah, this isn't the Red Sox year this year, but um, yeah, it's all right. It could be worse. You could blow the division within the the last, <laughs> the second to last series here of the year if you're a Met fan. Oh yeah, oh man, <laughs> what a That's joke! <laughs> frauds, they're frauds. Oh man, unbelievable. Is Celtics fan too? Bought you Boston all the way around. No, no, not really. No, I just, you know, it was just pretty random. You know, I happened to like the Patriots when Tom Brady was there. And uh, you know, I like the Red Sox, but I also like the Yankees in the past. So I'm very split. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like whatever team's better. No, uh, I, I've been a, a Brady fan, though, throughout. And when he when he got traded, I was like, well, fuck the Patriots. They don't want to sign him to a nice contract. I'll follow him in Tampa. So yeah, I still follow the, the Patriots. I like Mac Jones, but um, I'm a Bucks fan now until – Brady retires. And then where do you go? Back to the Patriots? Oh, Patriots. My younger brother's a Buffalo Bills fan, so maybe oh. I become a Bills fan. I don't I don't know. Oh we're... boy. No, I'm a Jets fan, so <laughs> Oh jeez. <laughs> you know, I have a thing against, you know, I know it sucks to be a bandwagon fan, but you know, my brother's a Giants fan, and I'm like, dude, how could you be a fan of this team? It's been so bad for so long. Like it's just you just love pain. 
Yeah, we're, we're loyal. <laughs> <laughs> I like being entertained, but at the end of the day, I love good football. So whatever teams, you know, trying their best, whether it be an underdog, whatever, you know, I'm game. Yeah. You mentioned Split. That was actually an app that you did some work for as well. Yeah, yeah, Split. Because um, you're split on the Red Sox split. and Yankees, so I wanted to connect it back to that. Yeah, yeah, that was the first um, – the first trilogy of commercials I made was for the app yeah. split. And um, I don't think they actually took off, but it was tricky because other payment, you know, services like MasterCard and Visa and Chase Bank and whatever Venmo, they all do the same thing nowadays. So the whole premise was around splitting the bill. So split. Yeah. I mean, but he's here. Alex is here, man. Thank you for coming on the show and let him know where they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter. AJ Morsonudo. Yeah, AJ Morrisonudo, find me there. Um, and uh, silvermineproductions.com is where you can find all of our work. Yeah. Go check him out. You can check out his whole biography, all of his short films, commercials right there. And stay tuned, man. Anytime that you need any promo, you're, you're locked in with me. You're always good to come on the show. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Take care. Stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your day, Alex. Thanks. You too, man. Yeah. Peace out, man. See you.